want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction Church today. As you hear this message, we pray that your faith will grow and you will be both encouraged and challenged. We would really love it too if you would subscribe, rate, review, and share this online. You can also help us reach others by partnering with us financially. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com slash give. We hope you enjoy the message today. Okay, quick question, and this isn't to make anybody feel guilty. I'm just really curious, okay? So don't feel bad by not raising your hand. Is there anybody here that you were here last week for last week's message? Raise your hand. Anybody here for last week's message? You listened to last week's message? Okay, very cool. For everybody that didn't raise your hand, you really need to. That was probably one of the, uh, I guess, most active messages after I preached by just people calling the church, calling our pastors, emailing us, texting us um, about what we talked about last week. And what we talked about, Leek, Last week we were talking, just do you need counseling or do you need coaching? Okay, And it's a really, don't just think you can get the message out of the title. There was some great stuff that answered a lot of questions that we all need to take a, a look at. And to look at, number one, where's our health? Okay, What's your health like? Not just physically, what's your physical health like, if that's something God's been talking about, but what's your mental health like? What's your spiritual health like? What's your marriage health like? What's your, what's your health in life like? Okay? But then the next thing that we talked about is what direction are you going? Because your direction has a lot to do with what health you experience next. Okay? Either we're going to get better or we're going to get worse. But your direction has a lot to do. And we answered the question because uh, sometimes we, don't, we weren't brought up with the understanding that there's counseling, which everyone knows what that is, but you understand the negative side of it. But everyone experiences counseling. We can, it doesn't matter if you're healthy or, or not feeling good, wherever. Counseling is good for you. But then the flip side is, is who needs coaching? And there are some people that right now, where you're at, God wants to put a coach in your life to get you to where you need to be, whether it's physically, mentally, spiritually, counseling or coaching. So with that, with every message I preach, there's always something I leave out. You know why? Because your brain only receives what your butt can handle. (laughs) It's true, amen? Come on. Yeah, and when your butt gets tired, so does your head. And it shuts your ears off. And you start doing these weird little moves like this. It's like... Okay, so what we're going to do today is there's some stuff that I cut out of last week's message that I just had to go back to. And so we've built today's message off a of piggyback from last week. And um, if you know, let, me, let me just tell you, you really need to listen to last week, but this one stands alone, and I just want to pray for you. You ready? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. Jesus, I pray that you would um, speak to us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you all know that we all want to be known for something? Every one of us. Every one of us wants to be known for something. Now, now just stop for a minute. You have something in your life that you'd really like to be known for. Okay? You, uh, you can think of it instantly right now. Driving home, you're going to think of something else. But we all want to be known for something. So the question that I have for you today is what do you want to be known for? Highlighting the you part. What specifically do you want to be known for? 
Now, for me, I want you to know that uh, I, there's a few things that, that when I sit down and begin to think about, what do I want to be known for? I want to just be personal real quick so that you can be personal as well uh, to kind of invite you into this, to kind of open you up a little bit, to not make this just a Sunday that you forget about what we talk about. Let me just open up a little bit. and say, I really would like to be known as being smart. I really would. I, I would really like for my grandkids to go, my grandpa was the smartest man I've ever met in my entire life. That old man was just so sharp, and he was just so spot on, and the things he could think about, and let me just tell you where that comes from. I am convinced, and there was a time in my life, that I was the dumbest person on the planet, okay? And, and let me just take you back to algebra, okay? Yeah. Miss Lanier was my algebra teacher. Sweetest, kindest, most wonderful woman you've ever met in your entire life. She was everything you wanted in a teacher. But let me tell you how algebra went with, went with me. And maybe I could get some amens if you are in the same boat. There is this part in algebra, okay, to where everything's going great. But if you don't walk through this door when the whole class walks through this door, and I'm not talking about the door of the room. I'm talking about when the teacher goes, okay, now let me teach you how to do this. And if you don't get it on that day when she teaches it, you're going to be lost for the rest of the year, okay? And on that day, I must have been either gone, absent, okay, or Twitter-pated over some little girl in the class that I was not paying attention at all because on that day, I was convinced for the rest of the year, I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't bright enough, I, I, I couldn't handle capacity like this. You know, trying to go back and relearn the, the, the simple step that would take me to this step and this step and this step. Now, Hudson Bean, he is algebra superhero, okay? But he didn't get that from me, okay? Same thing goes for English. I was kind of the one that just thought the story is the most important thing. Spelling can work. We can do that later, okay? But then, so I, let me tell you how I would do it. I, the teacher would say, go write a story. Go, go tell me, go do an article. T write, a, write a paper on, oh my gosh, you could just see the, the, the ink flying. And I would tell a story, have it in five paragraphs, turn it in, and you could hear my heart break when the teacher would hand it back to me with a C on it. And I just thought, just for content alone, it was something that should have been read in front of the class. Okay? <laughs> From my junior high, high school life, I'm, I was convinced that I had a learning disability. And it wasn't until college that I realized that I didn't learn like everybody else. I was a, I was a very smart person. I, I could receive things in such a wonderful way. Now, all of a sudden, we have testing that can help. But I'd like to be known as a guy that, that someday somebody would go, when you could, Ty'll fool you. You could sit down with that guy, and he knows what he's talking about. He really does. That's something I'd like to be known for. Uh, another thing I'd like to be known for, I'd like to be known as a, as a good husband. I really would. I know these are random. You're like, Where'd you go from here to here? These are the things I would like to be known for. I'd like to be known as a good husband. I'd, I'd like to be known as a good father. And, and with those two things, I would like to be known as a great Christ follower. Somebody that just really knew the heart of God and chased after what 
God had for his life. Now, I bring these things up because I want to be honest so that you can be honest. What do you want to be known for? And in today, I just want to throw something out there. In as much as we would like to be known for something, I battle something very familiar but unfamiliar. It means we all know what we're about to talk about, but none of us are going to fess up to it. I battle the imaginary me. There is a fake tie. There is a facade. There is a tie that's in public that isn't the same tie in private. Okay? And that's what we're going to talk about today because last week we talked about discipleship. And discipleship is the direction we're going if the health that we're experiencing from coaching and counseling of becoming the person that God wants us to be. But the thing that didn't make last week's message was a really important question. Are you being honest? Because let's just face it. If you're not honest, you, can't, you can have the best counselor known to man and the greatest coach of all time, but because you're not honest, we're not going to go anywhere. Does this make sense? Okay, and so I want you to think about a couple other things. Here, here, here's sincerely, this is what I want you to think about. What do you do? What do you do? We got it? We don't have it? What do you do when you don't measure up? What do you do when you don't measure up? What do you do when everything you want to be isn't who you are? And what do you do when everything that you thought you could be is nothing that you say? And what, you know, you, you, so, so your marriage is suffering, but you would never want anybody to know. Or you didn't think kids were, it's going to be like this, raising kids. Man, they were so cute when they were other people's kids. And we didn't know there's going to be this much work, but you never would tell anybody that you feel like a failure as a parent on the inside. That, that everyone's going to work and they're doing, they're having these great jobs and you're, you're struggling at your job. Or how come it is everybody hears from God and you've never fully, completely can honestly say you've ever heard from God. On the inside, what do you do when you don't measure up? But there's another question that relates to this question I want you to think about because it's instead of everybody else, what do you do when you me don't measure up to you? What do you do when you always feel like a failure? What do, you do, what do you do when you don't measure up to you? What do you do when you look at yourself at where you're at and you, you're, you're disappointed and people turn to you and go, why are you so disappointed? The other day, uh, recently, Heather and I had this big conversation because what I tend to do is I compare everybody else's on stage moment to my behind the scenes moment. Does that make sense? It's like I'm comparing their highlight film to my behind-the-scenes film. It's like I look at all the great pastors out there, and I go, oh, my gosh, he got that shot right on Instagram. And, boy, if I could get Instagram like that. And, boy, they took the perfect Christmas picture. We didn't even get cards out. Okay? Boy, they've got a healthy home group going on. We we're kind of got a good home group going. Boy, he preached a great message. It took me 45 minutes to get mine out. It took him 25 minutes to get his out. And I'm comparing their highlight film to my behind the scenes. And that's not right. And maybe you do the same thing. 
And so what I do when I feel the most insecure is I fake it. I can fake it like nobody's business. I can be hurting on the inside and stand before you and smile with the best of them. I can turn to you and tell you, oh, it's just we're supernaturally super and getting better. And we just had a fight in the house before we walked out. Come on, is this making sense? Is there anybody in the house that you're going, oh, come on, keep preaching. I'm not going to amen you because people think I have a problem. But come on, (laughs) keep talking to me. See, here's the thing. We manage our image. I manage my image and you manage your image. But you know what that makes us? Imaginary. And the problem with it is that um, genuineness is very difficult and genuineness is a struggle. But this is something I want you to get on why we're talking about this today. The moment we start pretending, we stop The moment we start pretending, we stop growing. The very moment that we adapt pretending as our number one go-to is the very moment that we can no longer receive the greatness that God has for us. If we live in a fake world, it's hard to receive the truth that God has for us. And today, I just want to be the first one to admit that I have become very comfortable with being imaginary. Now, Heather and I don't have any secrets in the closet. Heather and I are in love. But let me just tell you, last night, last night we, 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 we had a little, we had a little, she got in her car and drove off, but it wasn't my fault, it was the kids. Um, <laughs> and and I, I, I struggle telling you that because I, I can be pretend But can I be real honest with you? You want us to be pretend. And I struggle with telling you that last night Heather just jumped in her car. And she took off. And my oldest boy, who really said something he shouldn't have said and done something he shouldn't have done, he acted like a teenage punk, which you've done too. And mom just finally just threw up her hands and she went for a drive. And he, y'all, have y'all got Life 360 yet? It's an amazing little app. Yeah, and he sat there with tears in his eyes and watched his mom drive around. I said, leave her alone. And he just watched her drive around. He was worried about her. And he knew he screwed up. And he knew he messed up. And he watched her at Life 360 just driving. He goes, Dad, where's she going? Away from you. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> no, and he just watched her. And he watched her. And I watched as God began to massage his heart. And by the time she got home... His heart was so humble, and with tears in his eyes, he ran to her the, the car, and he apologized. He apologized. But, but the, you're not supposed to tell the congregation that. You know why? You, want us to, you, you would really like for us to be pretend. And some of you go, no, we need more preachers to be honest. Let me give you an example. Okay? Uh, if, I, if I was preaching on self-control today and started my message off by saying, hey, everybody, uh, today I'm preaching on self-control, and um, I just want to thank the board for coming and picking me up last night because I was too drunk to drive. And, um, but I learned enough to be able to talk to us today so that we can all be out there in the open. We can find the healing. And here we go. We're going to talk about self-control. You were like, no, 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 la, 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 la. Or if I turned to you and said, today, we're going to talk about marriage. But, you know, before I can preach to you about marriage, I had to go to Heather and say, just give me one more chance. 
Just give me one more chance. And she gave me one more chance. And you can thank my wife that I'm able to preach this message today because my wife gave me one more chance. You don't want me to be that honest. And those two things are just an example, okay? (laughs) But you would really like a pastor that you could go, that's perfection. And it makes me feel good that someone can reach it, but I'm struggling. And what if? What if I threw a what if out there? What if when we talked last week about counseling and coaching and discipleship, what if the part that didn't get included last week, and we talked about this part, is this? Do you have the ability to be honest and real so that God can be real in the honest work that he wants to do in you? Come on, let's think about this. Because a lot of us, and, and you could be here today going, I'm just going to church to just get it checked off my list. You will never grow closer to God. And this will only be church. He will never be real. He will never be at your work. He will never be in your marriage. It will always be an imaginary thing. God won't change, but you're just not willing to go and get uncomfortable. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Um, <clears throat> where do we pretend the best? We pretend the best at church. Isn't that the weirdest thing? You might have screamed in the parking lot. Uh, might have happened last night. But we all showed up this morning with a big smile on our face. And we didn't even feel like coming because we're still struggling with some of the things that we got against each other right now. You're bitter at her and she's bitter at you and, and, and you know, just, uh, it just feels good to be away from the kids or, or this is the place to where I just get to come in here and numb myself out. Stop. <clears throat> the fact is, is that at church, if people knew the real me, they wouldn't like me. But the truth is, if people don't know what you're really like, they don't know the real you. And then we find ourselves in imaginary relationships and imaginary friendships. And we all become pretendaholics. Did y'all know that was such a thing? Yeah. But the fact is, is that we want to be known for something. And a minute ago I put something up there. I'm going to put it again. We need to be known by someone, actually. We need to be known by someone. Why is this such a big deal? <clears throat> because what you find is, is that God uses people to bring out healing in your life. And last week we talked about coaches and counseling, but coaches and counseling could be the very person you're sitting next to right now. Someone that if you would just open your heart up and just be a little honest, We don't have it all together. You're going to find that other people don't have it all together either. And church should be a safe place. Okay? And and, and for everybody in the room that's like, I knew all you guys were fake. I knew all you guys were fake. Let me talk to you for a minute because there's always that one person that's like, okay, that's why I don't go to church. Because all you suckers are a bunch of fake suckers and I'm not going to church because at least I'm honest. Let me tell you, there's, did y'all know there's, there's such a thing as rehab romances? I was explaining this to Heather, and she was like, no way. You know what a rehab romance is? 
there are people that actually say, <clears throat> I like those people because they're real. I go hang out there because they're real. I go hang out with them because they're real. And it's true. It's true. You can go to church and we can be a bunch of fake people. And then when you go there, they're just real. But a rehab romance is this thing to where someone who goes and finally gets to a place where they can finally just be themselves. It's like around their family, they just hid the drugs. Around their, around their friends, they hid the alcohol. Around, around the people that they love, they hid their lifestyle. But when they finally reached out to get help, they had to get around people who knew them. It's like, you can't fool us. We know exactly who you are. We know exactly what's going on. You might as well be real around us. And you go, okay, I, this is what I did. And they go, we did it too. And you go, what? And all of a sudden, you took a breath of fresh air that you haven't taken in forever because your whole life has been like this. To where all of a sudden, you go to rehab and you become honest. And then as you're talking to these people, you go, you guys are real. You're my people. I love you. You're, I love you, and I love you, and you're incredible. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, they are a bunch of fakes. But you understand me. I love you. Will you marry me? And that's rehab romance. But here, I'm going to stop real quick. It's not that these people get you. It's the fact that you were honest and open for the very first time. And what can happen is, is you can learn how to be open and honest with some unhealthy people. It means when you go to work and you're like, I can be honest with these guys. But are they healthy? And you go to CrossFit and you're going to be, I can be, this is my family. I can be honest with these guys. And I, they're beautiful. I love them. But are they healthy? And, and the thing about rehab is they always add that one person that has been there knows the language, knows the stories, has written the book, has wrote the book, has read the book, but has stepped into the realm of we're unhealthy and we need to walk ourselves, help me walk you into health. And that's what church should be. We've got to be honest. We've got to be real. But we've got to be real to the point to realize that we need health. And you can't fool me because I've been where you're at before. So we've got to keep pressing in to meet Jesus and to know Jesus and to want what Jesus wants. When you find that environment you're attracted to, when you find that environment and you're attracted to them, you've got to ask yourself, are they healthy or not? And now I just want to take a break. I just want you to breathe real quick. Because this is the introduction. Okay, I'm almost done to why this is such a big deal for church, okay? Let me show you scripture. This is the very first pastor of the very first church in all of our history, okay? He happens to be the half-brother of Jesus, okay? And he says this, confess your trespasses to one another. And so here what we're going to do is you're going to turn to the person next to you and you're just going to start telling them all the things that's wrong in your life, Okay? No, you're not. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. You've heard this verse before, okay? But I want you to listen to it. This is what it says. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
the confession part here is a moment to where you are amongst a group that can pray for you and can believe for your healing, that can be a part of the process of working through the junk to get to the health that all starts with the ability to be honest. There's going to be places that you have to just put on the fake. And there's got to be a place in your life that you can say, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. And I want to tell you I'm not hurting, but I'm hurting on the inside. And they can go, we've been there before. And we've been through enough together, you know we love you. And before I try to counsel you, we're going to stop and we're going to pray about this. And we're going to pray about it because we're going to believe for your health. And we're going to see God do a miracle in your life. This is the story of what great counseling looks like and great coaching. And James nailed it. You can't grow until you get real and vulnerable to see the change take place. In fact, let me show you my illustration here. This is what so often we see church at. The other day I, I went to Albertson's and a guy walked up to me and says, hey, I'm looking for a pew for a project I'm working on. And I, man, Cowboy Junction, we've never, just, we've never had pews, but in a way we do. Um, pews have always been straight. It's always been pointed out. It's always been a moment to where this has been the story of church. Anybody grow up in a church with pews? Yeah. And it was all sitting down, all facing forward, and there was no relationship that was built. And I just want to call a timeout and just tell you some of the greatest things that ever happened in my life happened in a pew. So I'm not dog in church. In fact, Scripture tells us this, and I want to read real quick. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it said, And let us consider how many we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Then it says this, Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so in Hebrews it tells us, I like it, it says spur one another on. But then it says don't forsake meeting together on a weekly basis. And this is us. This is where we're going to get these little nuggets like this. But it can't be the only thing that we get. There's a moment that we've got to learn how to spur each other on and we've got to learn how to encourage one another. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in a sin, you who live by spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Okay, stop. So this is, a, this is kind of a tricky little deal. Is what do you do if a brother is doing something he ought not to do? Do you just let it go? As brothers in the Lord, do we just put on the fake smile and go, I know what you're doing, but I'm not going to talk to you about it. <laughs> and and that, that, that's the world we can all live in. But where is change ever going to happen? And in this case, there's some cool things. <clears throat> hey, all you guys that love them, you need to have a heart to restore them. And it doesn't happen in a pew. There's actually something else I want you to take a look at. In our church, Cowboy Junction, we love pews. We love getting together every Sunday. Okay? 
But, but what if I told you we don't need more pews? We need more circles. You all have a pew. That's why you're here this morning. But the question I have for you is do you have a circle? Because it's in a circle that we're able to talk. This makes people really nervous. In fact, in our men's retreat, I have to promise all the guys that we will not have kumbaya moment. Okay? But the most amazing thing happens when you get a bunch of guys together. They end up just naturally sitting around in a circle and talking. Sometimes they talk fishing. Sometimes they talk hunting. Sometimes they talk vehicles and cars. But every now and then, the most amazing thing is someone sits down and says, hey, do you guys ever struggle with or think about or what have you done in this situation? And someone says, I've been there. And this is what we did. And this, is, this person speaks up and says, yeah, I know a guy that helped me. And, and, and all of a sudden, a conversation begins to take place. And you begin to find that we're all wearing some sort of fake. And all of a sudden you realize that pews, pews sharpen us. They really do. But the goal is transformation. And transformation takes place when others who have been transformed begins to build relationships with those that want to be transformed. And iron begins to sharpen iron. And church is awesome, but we all need a circle. Let me just tell you real quick, if you're in the room and you left your circle... Did things get better? Do you feel stronger spiritually? Did, did you, have you stepped into a them and us? And them used to be some people that you really enjoyed sitting in the circle around. And they weren't always right. And they, you had to deal with personalities. But it was in a circle where real transformation took place. One of the things I admire most about our youth group is that Pastor Jeff and Kelly, after every message, has every one of our kids sit down in a group. And every group has a huddle leader. And every huddle leader has a a game plan. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about what we learned tonight. And sometimes kids are weird. Did y'all know that? Sometimes kids are weird. And they're just like, hey, we need to pray for my sister's dog. And, and once you get past the sister's dog and the aunt who, who uh, does weird things, and you don't know what we know about all y'all's sister, okay? <laughs> but once you get past all the weird stuff, okay, there's this breakthrough moment to where kids begin to talk. And sharpening begins to take place. And it's not unusual for a kid to just break down and start crying. And then all of a sudden, all the kids realize this is a hurt. And some of them get to hear their hurt through someone who is finally honest. And instead of one kid getting healed, the whole group realizes they don't have to live in unhealthiness anymore. God's got a better plan for their life. What circle are you in? Acceptance with a view to improvement is how I would define a circle. This has all come down to, in the middle of August, we're kicking off our echo groups again. And I just thought I'd coach on it a little bit to get your heart primed of joining an echo group. 
But this year we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to give you the goal of our Echo Group. Here's the first thing we're going to do. Our goal for Echo Group is to have real people be real friends for real change. Is that something you could be, and is that something you need in your life? Real people looking for real friends, needing real change. But in Echo Group, we're kind of struggling as a staff in figuring out where to put all you guys. In fact, one of the things that's happened over the years is you kind of looked at us to put you in a group, but we don't even know most of you. And so we put you in a group and you don't like it because they don't have child care and, and, and you really need child care. So you come back to us and now we're panicking because we put you in a group that didn't have child care and it makes it look bad and it's all these things. What if I put something out there? You know people. You know people with the same struggles you have. You know people with the same situations. Maybe your same age. Maybe your same demographic. Maybe all the above that you would go, I don't know how to do an echo group, but if we got all of these folks in the same circle together, maybe it's four couples, maybe it's four people, maybe it's five kids, whatever it may be, we can turn the kids loose in our house because our house is destroyed and a little bit more destruction is not going to mess our house up at all. And as we turn the kids loose, us parents can sit down in a group and we can have an echo group together. And we don't have to worry about CG putting us in a group what if you built your own group? What if your group was at your work? What if your group was in your family? What if your group was in your neighborhood? And what if you begin to walk with the idea that I know people that need a circle as much as I need a circle? And what if you quit trusting us to build your circle? And what if you stepped up and started asking God to show you the people that need to be in a circle? to start the conversations for change. Maybe you've had some old circles that you need to go back to and say, hey, what are y'all doing? I miss you. Did you know you're some of my favorite people and we haven't hung around in a long, long time? Y'all want to come over? I, I got these echo group notes sitting right in front of us and we can talk about this. And all of a sudden the conversation starts and the health begins. And these are four things I want you to think about. What do you need to be real about? Come on, let's think about it. What do you need to be real about? I don't feel valued. Do you guys ever get to that spot in your life? And this is me talking to my circle. Do you guys ever feel like at 46 years old, nobody cares about you anymore? You are a number and an ends to a means. You are now supposed to be the coach. You are now supposed to pay for everything. You are now supposed to get everybody where they're supposed to go to. And no one says thank you. It's very quiet, so I assume everybody else is experiencing this too. Okay? And someone steps up and goes, I know exactly how you feel, but didn't we pray for this? Didn't we pray that we could be a blessing someday? Didn't we pray that we could be a miracle in our kids' lives? 
didn't we pray that our kids would never experience the pain that we experienced when we were growing up? And are our kids experiencing it? And we're experiencing what our parents experienced that we didn't know our parents were experiencing, but here we are, and it hurts to be a blessing. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm doing exactly what I was believing God to do many years ago. I'm actually living in the miracle. There's some of you that need to have that conversation. What do you need to be real about? Number two, do you really want to get healthy? Have you even thought about what health looked like? Your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual health, your marriage health, whatever health it is, do you really want to get healthy? And I think you do. And I think you've got the I think you've got the pews figured out. I think you've got the, 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 this figured out. But the circle, where's your circle? Number three, are there any other people who struggle with this type of honesty too? And if there are, you should invite them into your circle. And fourth and final one, could you get them all together in one circle to encourage real healthy change? Notice the dashes. I put dashes here because when I first put this down on my notes, it was just three separate words, real healthy, healthy change. But there's a connection between all of them. The real represents the honesty, okay? The healthy means the conversation that comes from the honesty. We're pursuing Jesus. We know we're in a struggle, but we're going to chase after Jesus. We're where we're at, but we're chasing Jesus. We're not getting worse. We're going to get better, and we're going to see change in our life. This is just a nugget. For the next several weeks, we're going to be talking more about the circle that you're going to be in, okay? But let this stir something up in you. Now, there's a circle taking place right now. Our prayer partners, okay? I just was thinking about this the other day. Our prayer team, if you would, would you stand up right where you're at? And would you come to your spots? Everybody get ready. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love our prayer teams. They're so incredible. This is just a mini circle, okay? Maybe, and we're going to get dismissed early. You're here today, and there's just some stuff that you are carrying but these people they're ready to make a circle and as you express yourself will you pray for me they would love to pray for you but I want to pray for you you ready Let's stand up <clears throat> everybody look to your right look to your right who's sitting to your right of you okay everybody look to your left okay who's sitting on that side okay all right, you ready? Let's pray. Father, every person in this room is in some spot in their life. They're all experiencing something. And in a way, it's a struggle. It's a, I wonder if anybody else has ever experienced this before. Perhaps it's loneliness. Perhaps it's questions. But health, in all kinds of forms and fashion, is something that we can look at and say, is there a conversation for this? And Father, today I want to pray for my friends. 
And I want to pray, Lord, that you would begin to speak to them about the circles they're in. May we never forsake the gathering of the brethren, but may we concentrate, Father, on the small circles, the ecclesias, that great change can come from. Now, Lord, a minute ago, we looked to our right. And now, Lord, we want to pray for that person on our right. We may not even know them, but we want to pray that, that you would speak to them. I pray, Father, that you would heal them. I pray, Father, that you would talk to them, that they would know your voice. I pray for the circle that they are in, or maybe they're not in, but they would begin to seek, where are those people to bring the change and the health? And Lord, the person on the other side of us, we want to pray for them right now. And Father, we just pray, Lord, that you would guide us and direct us to show us the circles that you want us to be in. I pray for our echo groups that even right now names and faces and people begin to pop into our head that we can invite over and that circle develop that we can grow the friendships for change. We love you, Lord. We trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our prayer team's over here and they'd love to be a circle with you today. I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. Camp Crossfire, be praying for them. You guys have a great week in the Lord. See you later.